0: Joining me now on the phone is State Representative Tom Demmer, a Republican from Dixon. He is the Deputy Republican Leader of the Illinois House. And, Tom, thank you so much for joining me.
1: I'm glad to talk to you, Rick.
0: Uh, it's always good to talk to you. And I'm, I go back to last Sunday where we had uh, uh, Governor Pritzker on, we had... Uh, uh jim durkin the uh, house republican leader on talking about a preview kind of 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 what we should look forward to in the opening week of the fall legislative veto session and then uh little did we know that on monday uh state representative uh, luis arroyo would be actually not be in springfield with the rest of you but actually in a federal courtroom uh where uh We find that uh, the feds now have allegations that uh, Arroyo, a Democrat from Chicago, assistant uh, Democratic leader, uh, allegedly uh, was uh, offering bribes to a current state senator to advance, uh, I would say, gambling-related legislation, uh, and that Arroyo had this... Side business of uh, of lobbying for uh, gaming interests, uh, certain gaming interests, video gaming interests uh, in the city of Chicago. Um, a remarkable turn of events, especially when there already was a cloud hanging over the veto session um, with federal investigations of uh, Martin Sandoval, state senator, Democrat, uh, and head of the Senate Transportation Committee. Excuse me, and uh, then we had State Senator Tom Collerton from Villa Park over uh, union-related issues. So, what what are we to make of
1: Springfield these days? Well, uh, you laid out the uh, scope and uh, size of these investigations pretty well, Um, and really, I think that's that's uh, sort of what's pervading the conversation right now in Springfield is. We, we're hearing about investigations that are going back to 2016 that are involving uh, several different members of the General Assembly, um, involving local elected officials. Uh, there, there's a probe. It seems like we're coming across a new probe every day. And I think a lot of the question right now is uh, just how interconnected are these these efforts by the, by the feds? Um, and you know, we as legislators right now, what do we make of it? You know, what, what can we do um, to try to address some of these these glaring issues that have come up, uh, and that uh, that have you know are, are part of today's culture, which is required the feds to come in and, and lay these multi-year efforts to try to root out the problems. Hasn't anybody learned anything from Blagojevich? Well, you'd think that would be a good warning sign. I mean, uh, you know, former Governor Blavoyevich is yeah. uh, still in, in federal prison in, in Colorado. So, you know, that that's uh, that was supposed to be kind of a, the wake-up call to everybody that says, you know, this kind of conduct is not going to be tolerated anymore. Um, and I think one of the most troubling things now is, you know, we're not seeing just, uh, you know, a, a targeted investigation of one instance. You know, this is not a quick hit about, you know, uh, finding one thing that happened wrong. Instead, we're, we're finding this uh, overlapping uh, series of investigations that are ensnaring more and more people that have been running for years. You know, that's, that's indicative not just of, you know, a, a bad apple or a bad actor, but um, a much larger, more cultural and systemic problem.
0: Well, and we have issues involving lobbying and special interests with uh, Commonwealth Edison uh, having been subpoenaed and also making notification to the uh, Securities Exchange Commission and ComEd always being a major, major, if not 800-pound gorilla of special interest groups in Springfield. And... I got to tell you you know when i when I looked at the last week, it was kind of like, why would I vote on anything? Why would I touch my voting switch if I'm a member of the general Assembly
1: right now? Well, that's certainly you know concerning a lot of people, and that's that's why going back to this veto session, you know we go back a, a week from Tuesday. Um, I think people are are rightfully trying to figure out, you know, what, what's the next shoe to drop, uh, what's what's the next investigation that we find out about, what's the next complaint that the feds decide to release. Um, it has uh, cast a long shadow over any legislative activity in Springfield, and you know, as we're talking about, um, you know, not just what uh, kind of what's the talk under the dome uh, in, in Springfield, but also. You know what? What's the, what are the people of Illinois seeing when they wake up each day, and you know they hear in the radio or TV or read the newspaper that they've got another uh, elected official uh, ensnared in this investigation? You know that they uh, they have a right to demand some action from us um, for uh, to to be sure that we're taking this seriously, uh, that we're trying to prevent these problems from coming up again. This is not the kind of thing where you know we get to address these issues on our timeline. Uh, That's been a problem for the last several years. There's some urgency to this now because of the the size and scope of these investigations.
0: Well, and you've proposed some legislation um, starting out on that point. Why don't you explain what what you're looking at? I also know Senate Republicans have proposed a a package as well.
1: Yeah, so the legislation that I introduced, and and this kind of goes back to uh, your lead-in talking about how uh, former Representative Arroyo uh, was charged with uh, offering a bribe to uh, a sitting state senator, and I think a lot of folks, when they first hear that, they think, "Well, why in the world would you know one uh, elected official bribe another elected official?" Usually, it's somebody from the outside. Well, in this case, uh, Representative Arroyo was uh, had been hired to lobby on behalf of a client. Um, so he, here he was, you know, not only acting as a, as a legislator voting on some of these issues, he was also being paid to lobby, um, for those issues. And so, you know, after that folks reaction is, well, how in the world is that legal? And the fact is right now that's uh that is permitted by state law. A member of the general assembly can be, can also at the same time be a paid lobbyist, um, to, to local government units. So the bill that I have is, is real simple. It says, look, if you're a member of the general assembly, you cannot be a paid lobbyist period. Uh, I think that's the kind of, you know, a uh, uh, quick action. It's, it's focused. It looks at the problem that uh, actually arose um, and helps us show the people of Illinois that we're taking this seriously and we're not simply going to say uh, we'll convene, a, you know, another blue ribbon commission to, to look at what solutions could be. We need to have a combination of some, some fast-acting things to show that we're trying to address these problems as well as a longer-term conversation about the culture.
0: Well, I do think, I, I, I agree, you know, when you start talking about another uh, blue-ribbon commission on ethics, I mean, obviously we had, you know, following Blagojevich, there was uh, attempts to try to crack down on ethics laws. But at the same time, you know, this seems to be, uh, in addition to what you're looking at, the the entire issue of conflict of interest and just how uh you know it's a matter that a lawmaker has to declare themselves whether they feel there was a conflict of interest in something and
1: i think there's there's also the issue with um, statements of economic interest you know right now uh we're we're required to file these statements of economic interest that are supposed to identify where potential conflicts of interest might lie right sources of income outside sources of income and they're they're not real detailed today. You know, it's it's hard. You know, if, even if you if you get these documents from um, from the Secretary of State's office, it's really difficult to say um, where a conflict might lie for a legislator. And so I think another um, step that we can take in the short term is just in, improve the disclosure of where um, financial interests lie for members of the General Assembly, um, similar to the level that you know we require today for judges, for example
0: i think this opens up another question and i think it's a significant one that people are going to have to think about in this state if we keep going down this road and i'm going to save that question until after the break we're speaking with republican state representative tom demmer the illinois house deputy republican leader i'm rick pearson this is the sunday spin 747 Central Standard Time on this time change Sunday morning in Chicago. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. Joining me on the phone is Illinois House Deputy Republican Leader Tom Demmer from Dixon. We're talking about the incidents of federal investigations uh, and kind of this sprawling network of investigations that are going on involving Lawmakers, some lawmakers in Springfield, some special interest groups. Uh, we had uh, State Representative Luis Arroyo resign ultimately on Friday uh, after earlier having to give up his uh, committee chairmanship, uh, resigning in the face of a committee that was basically going to vote to expel him from the Illinois House. Um, Tom, what I'm wondering is... Uh, what if we had a full-time legislature that was paid by the state?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting idea. You know, there's some other states that tend to have uh, more full-time requirements. Uh, the congressional level, you know, members of Congress are uh, prohibited from having some outside income. I think the question, you know, kind of comes down to uh, what's the – What's the desired makeup of, of a legislature? Um, you know, what what do we think can best represent the people? Um, and there's certainly some strength to saying that, you know, uh, having uh, citizen legislators, having people who, you know, have uh, both a foot in the world of the capital and a foot in the world of kind of the real world uh, back in their districts, you know, whether that uh, helps them do their job better, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it does. But, you know, the important thing here, I think, is – as we look at you know the investigations that are happening right now, um, a lot of the uh, the involvement of legislators in some of these initiatives, what what their interests are, they're not well known right now. Uh, it's you know it kind of happens as maybe we maybe we only find out they had a connection to a certain business or a certain industry uh, because of an investigation. Um, you know I think that there's uh, there's a real opportunity for us to say. Uh, we should require that legislators, candidates, um, make known uh, what their interests are, what their uh, ownership of this or that, or you know who they're who they're working for, um, and let's uh, let voters make a make a determination. Um, very seldom do you see somebody who you know is uh, is uh, running a, a, a bill. To benefit something that, that they're directly tied into, and and I think the reason is because sunlight is a pretty effective disinfectant there. So typically, these things happen when nobody knows a connection exists.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. The idea of having a citizen legislature is a, a noble one, and 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 you know was meant to kind of achieve that people from various walks of life served as kind of you know our, our true representatives in Springfield. But I just keep seeing the profit motive um from the outside corrupting the process and I, at the same time you know we already know what most people think of politicians no disrespect and it's like oh yeah we're gonna pay him a, we're gonna pay him a full-time salary come on
1: well i think it's also you know look the the it's the exception to have uh, full-time legislatures you look at states across the country so you know this this concept that um, it, it can't be done without uh, painting the process I don't think uh, really holds up you know we, we only need to look at uh, states around us uh, to find that, uh, that that they're not suffering from the same kinds of uh, federal corruption probes uh, long running federal corruption probes that Illinois is um, so you know I'm not sure that's what the distinguishing factor is here. Um, you know, I, I think we, we have to look into economic interest disclosures, but we also have to ask other things about, you know, what's how is our election process set up? Um, you know, do are we getting genuine competition in districts, or are we getting, you know, maybe some uh, hand-picked uh, candidates from a political organization or, uh, you know, the, the local machine? Um, you know, that's where bigger cultural reforms like Fair maps can come in uh, where you get more genuine competition, where you're not letting one individual draw their own district um, so that they're immune from challenges for another 10 years. When you start to layer some of those um, cultural issues on top of each other, you create an environment where uh, people feel like they can get away with something like this. That shouldn't be the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an insular kind of... Atmosphere that goes on. What what do you see? Are the chances of your legislation or any meaningful ethics legislation getting done in this veto session?
1: I, I think the chances should be fairly good. You know, we've we've had a conversation about uh, both my my bill to prevent um, lobbying by members of the General Assembly. Um, there's another bill that um, actually has already passed the Senate and is sitting in the House. Um, to, uh, to improve our economic interest disclosure forms. Um, I really think it's important to look at this in, in kind of two stages. Uh, first, we have to take some action in veto session uh, to show that we're, we're, we're serious about this. Uh, that we're not, uh, we're not immune to the, the calls for some change in Springfield. Um, uh, but on the larger sense, you know, some of these issues it will take some more time. There's some complicated uh, issues here. So I think we, you know, we need to take action when we come back for a veto session, pass a couple of bills. Um, uh, but then, Uh, look and say, you know, the course of the next couple of months, before we we reconvene for next year's session, we should have a chance by then to put together a more substantive uh, uh, ethics reform package. And uh, I think there's interest on both sides of the aisle to do that.
0: So maybe something to show the interest, but looking ahead more to uh, the regular spring session for a more substantive activity.
1: you know, even before we start the regular spring session, you know, it should be one of the first items that we address next year. Um, going back to your earlier point about, you know, do, do, don't these investigations sort of uh, cast a shadow over all of our uh, activity in Springfield? Do we really want to go back to Springfield next year and go through a normal legislative session like nothing happened? I mean, I think that you know, folks on the outside are, are going to say that's uh, that's a terrible plan. It undermines confidence in the General Assembly. So we need to take this seriously because. People, the people of Illinois, are taking this seriously. This can't be something where you know we decide whether uh, an action is sufficient or not. Uh, we've got to take some steps and then go back to the people and say, you know, here's what we've done. Do you, do you agree this was the right thing to do?
0: Well, once again, given given kind of the the uh, cloudy atmosphere in Springfield, um, and yet you know here in Chicago, uh, the mayor looking for. Uh, certain things to come out of the veto session. And I'm not sure there was a great appetite for things like the graduated real estate transfer tax authorization uh, increase or for changing the casino gaming uh, tax structure uh, to help the city. I'm not sure there was a great appetite that existed before. I almost wonder if there's any appetite at all right
1: now. It's a good question. You know, certainly uh, uh, these investigations have distracted from uh, the issues that uh, are sort of time sensitive. You know, the the mayor has been asking for some specific things on a a time schedule, and I just don't think there's an ability for us to address that given the (laughs) the elephant in the room of you know whose door the feds are going to knock down next. Um, But. You know, the longer we go with these clouds and questions hanging over our head, uh, the more difficult it will be to do uh, anybody's legislation, uh, even even some that seem, you know, non-controversial. And so, you know, we need to understand that uh, if we're not going to address these significant issues that exist within uh, the General Assembly as an institution, uh, we can't uh, continue to to operate and to do the things that we're supposed to be doing for the people of Illinois. Well, last week, uh, uh,
0: Leader Durkin basically said about veto session is basically one of the most uh, overhyped and least productive times uh, to begin with. Uh, I mean, do you see anything substantive coming out of this session? Things like uh, the the governor's agenda item, Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker's agenda item about uh, merging the police and fire pensions, uh, merging them into two separate statewide uh pension systems rather than the all of the
1: 600 plus
0: municipal systems
1: you know that's probably a good uh, illustration of an, an issue that we could have spent more time on yeah that's that's one that has historically had support on both sides of the aisle um but there's a, a lot of questions about you know just the details or specifics of this proposal and how it affects your local plans um, that would have been a, a good use of our time to spend general or to spend the veto session uh, looking in, in, into that issue and trying to get something passed. Uh, as the time ticks away, though, it becomes less likely that you can take uh, a complex and complicated issue like that and actually get it across the finish line. But um, I think a good example, given its given its uh, opportunity for bipartisan support, a good example of a way we could have spent our time.
0: So no one should expect virtually anything. In, except seemed, except like ethics yeah maybe. i take the under vote, I, yeah, I, I might take, take the under on the rest <laughs> vote, vote the under all right very good uh illinois house deputy republican leader tom demmer republican from dixon thank you so much for joining me this morning
1: thanks a lot rick